Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart. This is Dina Parisi, 2015 IHRA Pro Mod World Champion. I am Fiona Forbes. Hi, this is Jody Emery of Cannabis Culture and Pot TV. Hey, I'm drummer Matt Chamberlain. Hello, this is Melissa Etheridge. Hi, this is Taylor Leanne Chandler, Michael Phelps' ex-girlfriend. Hey, it's Rex Brown. Seaball in the house, and you are listening to the Toddcast here on CKDJ, the hits of your life. Who's that one friend in your circle, in your tribe, that has absolutely no filter? That friend that you know will shoot you straight. They'll tell you how it is. Well, one of those friends for me is a guy named Mr. Tequila. He's been ranting about everything and anything on this podcast since we launched in 2015. And prior to that, when I was hosting Fox's afternoon show, he was a weekly guest for close to a decade. He's got things to say. And of course, we welcome him back to the podcast. Joining Mr. Tequila, you know her as one of the most successful, most recognizable women in adult film. We're making it official. Romy Rain is a guest this week as well. You'll hear from this week's musical guest in just a minute. They're kings of Billboard's mainstream rock chart. Coming up in about 15 minutes in Listen to This, Chantel Kraviazic talks about the possibility of alien visitation and the idea of life being a simulation. Very trippy stuff. That is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley RV Service Repair, ICBC accredited. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. First, our first guest of three is this week's musical guest, Smith & Myers, brought to you by Pineapple Sound, recording and mixing in Langley since 2013. Great little studio, low rates, good guys as well. Check them out through pineapplesound.com. To know the band Smith & Myers would almost imply that you know where they came from. Brent Smith, Zach Myers, two members of Shinedown, one of the most successful hard rock and alternative rock bands of the last decade or more. They've sold over 10 million albums. They have the most number one songs on Billboard's mainstream rock chart at 16 number one songs. This is cool if you didn't know this. When COVID burst onto the scene, In March 2020, Shinedown released Atlas Falls, and through that song, they raised $300,000 US for direct relief to provide equipment for frontline workers. Amazing, right? They were scheduled to do their deep dive tour this past summer, but the pandemic, of course, squashed that. You'll hear that in the conversation, the full conversation. They're optimistic about touring and the things kind of getting back to normal. Presumably because they don't like their downtime, Brent and Zach, Smith and Myers, started up this acoustic project back in 2014, recently released a couple albums, cover songs and originals. Pretty awesome that a big name, big players, big band will take some time to say hello to the peons in the podcasting world. Let's be honest, I'm not Joe Rogan. Nice guys, and I really appreciate them jumping on. You can hear the full talk right now at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud pages. I think it's about maybe half hour long, maybe just a bit over that. In the meantime, here's 10 minutes with Shinedown singer Brent Smith and guitarist Zach Myers together to talk about, amongst other things, their acoustic side project, Smith & Myers. The Toddcast Podcast. And what did you take from Shinedown and like kind of the, the the stuff you know that kind of works and transfer it over to, to Smith and Myers. Zach, I mean, just, just the songwriting really. I mean, you know, we've always been writers. So I think when it came to Smith and Myers, you know, you're going to make your first album as a, as a new group, you know, as far as, you know, we've done covers before, but this is the first time we're writing a record. So it kind of, 
you know, what a freeing place to be to make your first album. You know, again, you get to make another first album for the first time with Shine Now. We made our first album 20 years ago, you know, so it's like to be able to do that is something very freeing. You know, there's no, there's no boundaries or parameters to what you can do. So uh, what as far as what we took from Shine Now, just, I think our writing, you know, we're obviously two members of a, of a popular rock band. And that's, you know, when you want to go do this, you don't want it to sound like your band. I think, you know, if we would have went and if Brent and I would have started another rock band, I think that's the dumbest thing ever. I think when, to me, like you're not getting something from the band that you're like, I think when, when people make side projects in, in the same genre, I don't know. It doesn't bother me, but I mean, I, I would never personally do that. Like, you know, I, I get everything I need being in a rock band out of Shinedown. Like, I don't need to, like, go make another rock and roll band. Like, I don't, that's not something that I would ever need to do. I would, it would actually probably make me unhappy. So when it come to this, it was, you know, we get to write as a duo and, and with no drums and no bass. How would that sound? So it, it was very freeing. But as far as what we took from it, I just think the experience of writing, you know, six records in the past, and we know that, uh, you know, there's Peter Gabriel, uh, you did the Billie Eilish cover. What were some of the um, cover songs that you were tossing around the idea of doing that didn't make it to tape? All Too Well uh, by Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Riv- River by um, Leon Bridges. Uh, Life by the Drop by Stevie Ray Vaughan. There was a couple that didn't, that didn't Life make by the, the cut. Drop. Yeah. Come it's on. a profound song, man. Wow. Yeah. I think it is the side of this too. Like going into this, there were absolutely no rules. It's kind of the same thing too with Shine Down. Like when we walk in, we're nine songs in to Shine Down Seven right now. We're in the midst of writing for that record, which will be coming out next year. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we don't make the same Shine Down record over and over again either. Like, and that's on purpose. Like we evolve. We also try to not write the same song over and over again. We're one of the only bands that I know of um, in modern culture in this day and age where we, once again, radio, we've been on multiple formats over the years. We're not just on mainstream rock. We're on alternative. We've been on Top 40 before. We've been on AAA, Hot AC. So with this element going in and it being a double album, uh, there were no rules whatsoever. And like Zach was saying a moment ago, too, these songs that are covers of other people, um, really the idea was don't make a carbon copy of it. Like, take it and do something different with it. Obviously, you have songs like Unchained Melody where we're kind of sticking to what the, the core of that song is, but it's me and Zach doing it. But, you know, we did Better Now by Post Malone, which is like a rap song. People oh, are nice. like, what is this going to sound it, like? That's you know? great. You know, but we also did, you know, REM's Losing My Religion. We did, you know, Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. Like Oasis. you were saying, Sledgehammer, Billie Eilish with um, uh, with Bad, Bad Guy. Guy. Also, we took Rebel Yell, man, and turned it on its head by nice. Billie Eilish. You know what I mean? So it's no rules, man. None. I want to go back uh, and kind of get into the early years of you guys. What's sure. the What's the music in the Smith and what's the music in the in the Myers house as a kid growing up? What are your parents playing you? Go ahead, Zach. Um, a lot of uh, kind of soul stuff. You know, I, when I was growing up, a lot of um, you know Sam and Dave, um, Otis Redding was in my house a lot. Um, Billy Joel, my Same. mom liked Billy Joel a lot. James Taylor, 
um, that kind of stuff. And then I, you know, my dad was the, the kind of rock and roll side. So my dad was the Led Zeppelin. My dad was the, um, Steve Ray Vaughan. My dad was that kind of stuff. So, um, and, but in my mom's car, um, a lot of Otis Redding, a lot of Sam and Dave, a lot of top 40, like, like, oh, you know, eighties top 40, you know? So, you know, Whitney Houston, you know, Don Henley, the Eagles, you know, so it was, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a cool dynamic to have kind of both sides of it, you know, for me. Brent, what did you listen to growing up? Well, a lot of things like with Zach, it's one of the reasons why me and him are connected in a lot of ways. We have the same upbringing, but for whatever reason, I thought about this. I'm going to put Zach on the spot because I think it's actually, it's interesting because of the diversity of him as a guitar player and what have you. It, 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 I think people would be interested to know, like, Zach, tell them how you started playing guitar in the first place. Because it's I interesting. Gotta, he laughs. I got a guitar. I got it because it's stupid. I got a guitar. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's actually really, really interesting. I got a guitar for my 12th birthday at the Raleigh Skating Rink. Um, I put it in my closet for a year. I didn't even know that you were supposed to put your left hand on the guitar when I got it. So... I um um around my thirteenth birthday, so about a year later, I was at home. I was watching um I believe it was a Bush video, maybe, and um I it was like a live thing, and I picked up the guitar that was probably in seven different tunings, and um I was watching their hands, and I just kind of started copying their hands, and I think I don't know, I don't remember what song it was. It was either Come Down or Machine Head or something. And yeah, and it probably sounded nothing like that. But it, it, that's I was like, oh, I can do this. It's the rhythm. Then, you're, you're you're copying the rhythm. And and that was it. And then uh, eleven months later, I, I got my first record deal with MCA Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first concert, Brent? Mine, uh, the Beach Boys, no. um, at Thompson Bowling Arena. I was six years old. Wow. That had to be a mind blower. I didn't even know what was going on. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember, this was like Kokomo. Then, right, you know what I mean? yeah. so, John Stamos. This yeah, John yeah. Stamos with, with, who, who I found out later on, on that tour at that time, was on that tour, was playing bongos. And yeah, he was playing percussion. There. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, but, um, yeah, man, not a bad first show. That's a pretty good first Zach, show. Zach, what yeah. was yours? My first show was Leonard Skinner, ZZ Top, and the Damn Yankees at Mud Island Amphitheater. Well, wow. you win. Uh, another uh, pretty impressive show. show. My, my second show was New Kids on the Block. Wow. You win again. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, actually still have, I actually still have the Hanging Tough New Kids on the Block mm-hmm. tour jacket, 1989. Yeah. And then I saw the Bengals. I saw the Bengals too when I was like six or seven. What about you, Todd? What was your first? Uh, my first concert was uh, Doctor Hook. Really? The cover of the Rolling Stone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was uh, probably like seven or eight years old. It was up in uh, Northern BC in a place called Kitimat. Do you remember it vividly? I don't remember it vividly. The things I remember are like, I mean, I remember, I guess, seeing the show, but like the things I remember is like just the excitement because it was a band that my parents always played. I just remember Mm. the excitement of getting in the car and like, 
you know, the energy of like walking up and all these people are walking to the arena. You uh, know, everybody's excited. I remember that, like in the popcorn and just the smells of being in the arena. And yeah, uh, I mean, I guess I do remember the show, but not super vividly. You know, uh, I think I'm surprised the- it wasn't a Canadian band that you saw first, especially in those days. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I figured it would yeah, be a Canadian you would, band. You, you would think it would be something like a trooper or uh, trooper, dude, like yeah. Chilliwack or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but, but practically uh, hip. <laughs> tragically hip. hip there you go that's canada's house band what a what a God tragedy that's a soul man yeah what a what man a, what a great what a great documentary though that is man amazing that, that, right that like, shit is inspiring man yeah it totally is i mean when you when you lose somebody like that from your like we lost gord downey from our, not culture but for a lack of better words when you lose somebody like that it's like really hard to to digest and and what's crazy man about that is is think about what they here's the thing when people die right everyone feels some sort of loss and this i was thinking about this actually last week because i watched that documentary again unless a president dies here that was like beloved that sense of like when he died that like hit the entire country of canada right like it was like Oh yeah. That doesn't happen in a, in a singular country. Like that was such a, you know, it's so weird and hard to explain, but like, it was like the country of Canada's loss, right? Like I remember all my, like for on Instagram, on Facebook, like all my friends from Canada was like, it was like the saddest day in Canadian history. Like it completely insane. Like that doesn't happen in America. Like unless like a, a very beloved president dies or something, but like when Prince died, yeah, everyone felt it, but it didn't feel like a country's loss. You know what I mean? Like it, I, I just remember feeling like, like, wow, this country, how cool this is. You know, it's sad that he died, but like the whole country mourned this person, you know, that oh, oh, meant yeah. so much. And then on the anniversary of his death day, you know, throughout tragically hip, I mean, it just came up uh, maybe a week and a half, two weeks back. That's insane, um, man. You know, it's so it, it was such a it was so cool to see the country just kind of like, you know, all kind of like mourn together, man. Like that was I th- I felt that was very endearing to me. Musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pineapple Sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com. Get it right One time 
only got one regret And that is that I never made you mine And I had no reason why I should stop It was just pleasing me, so why not? Filling up the gas again Falling in love fast again And I said I wouldn't do it, but it's not your fault That I'm slow to But I've been so afraid to show you Like my soul might fly away I've been dancing with those demons But I'm reaching for it Honey, your eyes of love me Above the fire and rain Oh, and change it Comes around when I find myself in your shoes But I've been so afraid to show you Like my soul Listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. You'll know Chantelle Crefiasic, or certainly know the name, even if you don't listen to her music, as she's been on Canada's music radar since the 90s. Her debut album came out in the mid-90s, 1996. She's had an impressive career, hit singles, albums sold, chart placement. To this day, Chantelle remains one of the best-selling Canadian artists in Canada. Born in Winnipeg, went to an all-girls school, is married to Our Lady Peace singer Rain Maida, a power couple in Canada, you might say. 
Beyond the music, you've seen her in some Canadian independent films, some short films. It was great to get Chantel on the podcast. We covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time, like binging on The Watchmen and Succession, how the Beatles, Supertramp, and Elvis were played in her house as a kid growing up. We talked about legalized marijuana, Good Rockin' Tonight, remember that show? Big time in the elementary school years. We talked Christmas albums, seeing Tom Petty, the police, the Eagles in concert. And Chantel talked about the possibility of alien visitation and the abstract thought, the concept of life being a simulation. It's a trippy idea to wrap your head around, but why not, right? Careful, because this one's a big rabbit hole. Listen to this. Lately, I believe this is a simulation from everything I read. I've kind mm-hmm. of, my brain, my brain is like slipped on its end, but this is a simulation. So it's, it's a simulation that means anything possible because someone's just like writing the story. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so it's like, Interesting. Cause I don't know. I've lately been thinking say. that as well. Cause you, I started, you know, to, yeah, I think a lot of people are thinking it. We're, we're really just get like into figuring it, it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of people think but, you're but, completely you know, the crazy is, when you bring that up. About the, yeah, it's like the other thing about the simulation is that you notice know, how that word creator has become such an, in, like a big part of culture. Like, so we always had the creator in religion, right? We had a God. Right. And now we have creators who make all the various like apps and softwares that are called creators. And we're creative beings. But I don't know. I kind of think that like my head is kind of saying, what's the difference if it was a God or it was a, a creator of the simulation? And the creator. The creator could be somebody who is a fifth grade student somewhere <laughs> and was doing an experiment and right. like, you know, what feels like a billion years for us is really 15 minutes burden of her presentation right now. I mean, who knows? Like, but, but, but at the end of it all, when my head starts to explode, I just think <laughs> to myself, you know what? It doesn't really matter. Right. All we have, we haven't got that kind of control. All we have is control over here and now. And I really believe no matter what your philosophy, your religion, your outlook is, the healthiest you, the best you, is in the moment, is in the present moment in time, and isn't doing forward thinking, and isn't isn't living in the past, and isn't trying to control things that are out of your control. So <laughs> if it's a simulation and it's a fifth grader, I hope she's well in her report. And uh, she's absolutely crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. A bed where I used to rest my head, and now I have a different zip code every week. Sold everything I couldn't take in my 98 gold protege, and I swear I don't regret a single thing. I had everything you work your whole life for. You can't take it with you. You die, can't cash a check on the other side There ain't no button back your time, you know You can't take it with you When you go, we're all the same six feet below There ain't no diamonds in the sky Can't take it with you when you die 
place my whole life fits in one suitcase I'm as permanent as dollar store tattoos When people ask me if I miss the stuff I had the way I lived I tell them none of that's worth holding on to No, you can't take it with you when you die Can't cash a check on the other side There ain't no buying back your time, you know You can't take it with you when you go Absolutely loving that one. Her name is Sadie Campbell and a new song for her. It's called, you can't take it with you new for the podcast as well. It's the first spin love Sadie's voice originally from Vancouver. In fact, we used to work together back in the day in radio. She was in promo while I was on air. Meanwhile, at the time I was oblivious to the fact that she has a killer singing voice, proud of her work, proud of everything she's done. She's relocated to Nashville and been there for a good chunk of time now, kicking ass and taking names played you a band called the boom booms and their song was lord i'm ready and a great way to start things off musically one of my all-time favorite vancouver rock bands and since we just had 10 minutes with smith and myers the side project of a couple guys from shinedown the boom booms guitarist tom fronts a band called small town artillery and i want to play something from those guys later on in the podcast all right todd's trolls is coming up as well the stupid the mean, the hurtful, but really it's the funny things that people say to what you post, what you see online this week, ACDC, like how do you chirp off ACDC? The movie Clifford, the big red dog and UFC 255 have targets on their backs. As always powered by our friends at the garage games and geekery in Maple Ridge. It's your place to play Warhammer and D and D slay trolls and a lot more. Find them online at garagegames.ca. First, the second of three podcast guests this week is 
is our returning sports loudmouth, Mr. Tequila. As mentioned off the top, he's been a part of the almost seven years we've been podcasting. We get him on a couple of times a year kind of thing, and probably close to seven years chirping off on a weekly rant when I was doing the afternoon show for 99.3 The Fox, Fox here in Vancouver, where the podcast is based. So here we go again, speaking for Joe Average, ready to chirp off about anything and everything. Follow him on Twitter at Mr. Tequila Rant, and he's also on Facebook as well. Let's see how many buttons he pushes this week. The full conversation, definitely always worth hearing. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast, again, on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Get it through toddhancock.ca as well. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with our resident sports loudmouth, Mr. Tequila. The Toddcast Podcast. What else is making your radar, Tequila? I'm curious. Uh, uh, the, all these people, uh, the, the Calgary Flames, uh, all half our team went to Calgary Flames. It's like, fuck Canuck fans. Just back it up. We got a good fucking team here. Like, we lost Markstrom. Markstrom played good, but look how long it's taken Markstrom to play good for us. The fucking kid's 32 now. He was going to shoot for the moon contract, so obviously we can't afford him. We're not going to pay him $6 million when we got two of the best players in the NHL coming up. Hughes, who's going to want 11 million and Peterson or Pedersen, who's going to want fucking 11.5 million. We right. have to give it to him. So we need money to, for these guys. So Markstrom, he wasn't staying, but look who we picked up. Braden Holtby. Holtby. And awesome. He's good. But you know what? There's an expansion uh, pick protocols right now. So if you kept Markstrom assigned him for that money, either him or Demko has got to be exposed. And you don't want to expose Demko. He's good too. We want to keep him. He's right. the goalie of the future. Right? So Holtby, He's still a good goalie that will play some additional minutes, but if we have to expose somebody, Holtby will be there. And if they, you know, Seattle wants to take him, go ahead. But we right. lost Tanev. Look how good Tanev played for us in the playoffs, which was fucking awesome. The Canucks yeah. kicked ass this year out of nowhere, won three rounds. Like, unbelievable. But Tanev, look how he played. Tanev played awesome all year round. What? Why? Contract year, right? So it's his last contract. <laughs> you got to make sure you play real well to get that money. That's why. They can go into Calgary. Tanev, he's there. Uh, Levo's there. We lost Troy Stetcher, which kind of sucks. I kind of liked him. We like all these guys, but we did get some good players. We got this Nate Schmidt guy who's awesome, this defenseman. Way yeah. better than Tanev. He, he total upgrade. Well, right? we, uh, and I, did, you, did you mention Toffoli? He's gone as well. Toffoli's gone, yes. Toffoli, that was kind of a loss too. But again, we can't, you know, we did trade away a, a pick for him or, so, so, or whatever. I think it was a second round pick. But uh, yeah. still, I would like to keep him especially at the dollar that he went there. So I don't know what Benning was doing there, but I can't dump on Benning anymore. Benning's done a good job. He put together this team. Yeah. And, and uh, can't fault them for these bad contracts. Yes, that was a long time ago. They're haunting us still. Well, we they're still paying for Luongo. Fuck, they're like, what? For fucking Luongo, yeah. Retired. That, retired, yeah. We got fucked on that by the NHL. No <laughs> other team. Hosa, Hosa retiring, that didn't screw Chicago. That's bullshit. That should affect them too. But of course, yeah. they fucked us. But that's it is what it is. The Erickson thing's gonna come off. We're gonna get rid of Sutter. Don't worry. But we got this. We, we still got two superstar kids coming. This Pod Colson and Niles Hoglander. These kids are gonna be fighting for spots like quick, like next year, year after. Hoglander might be on the team this year, but uh, Pod Colson maybe one more year. His contract finishes, so he can probably come back and play here in March. These are good players that you know we're gonna have so many snipers that we'll have to trade somebody to just keep it down. You know, keep the cap down. Right. It's not a bad that's thing. A, that's a good position to be in. Yeah. Well, and, and then again, these guys that wanted us to lose that first round to get a draft pick, some of these Canuck fans, come on, what the fuck do you want a draft pick right now that. compared to making the play? The whole point is to make the playoffs. 
Right. right. Win, win the cup, man. Just win, win the, the cup. cup. Yes. You can't get the, the cup unless you get there. If you get there, it's a tournament. Anybody who wins St. Louis showed that Canucks fucking could have pulled it off. They were good enough to do it last year, which stunned everybody. But now look at that team with the confidence they got after the, the playoff run they went. But you got to look at it with a grain of salt, too, because this is COVID hockey. We're playing in one city. There's no travel. Part of the winning the Stanley Cup is the travel. Right. You know, you're going West Coast playing seven-game series. You're sleeping on the plane. Like, that is tough. Grueling shit. That, oh, yeah, grueling. And that's why you see these guys in tears when they win the Stanley Cup. It's such a long road to get there once you're from a kid, right, to playing game seven of the playoffs. It's such a long road, and it's, it, that's why they get emotional when they win because it's so hard. But mm. the Canucks just gaining that experience, we're going to – this is going to be – the tough times are gone. We're contending, like, now which is awesome. Yeah. Which I really like. But, oh, yeah. you know, it, look how many fans left when we were all, oh, it was the Erickson and all this stuff, even Sadine's tail end of the career. It was, dude, those were some bad times in Vancouver and just so much negativity from the local media just dumping on these guys. But finally, Benning had some picks that turned it around. He, con- he constructed this team. We're getting good coaching, goaltending, defense. Look at this superstar defense. But we got a fucking Bobby R. Or, sorry, in our lineup. Modern mm-hmm. day Bobby Orr. Which yeah, Vancouver has never had. We've never had a guy like this, right? We've had superstars, Pavel Burry, Trevor Linden, Sedins, Bertuzzi, but not a star-studded defense. This guy will be the best in the NHL right away. Top five for sure in his rookie year. I mean, we had Dana Merzen at one point, but, uh, you know. Yeah, Dana Merzen. Like, fuck, when I seen Dana Merzen play, I was just thinking, fuck, Tequila, you should have kept playing. You probably would have been better than Dana Merzen. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did you mention yeah. uh, uh, Vertanen's back too, right? We signed him for a yeah, two-year Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be a sign and trade, to be honest with Oh, yeah? Uh, you, you know, while he's got a pretty friendly contract, if other teams want him, I think they're going to dump him. He came in like a couple of times now, coming back out of shape. These local kids, when, they're, when you're the oh. Canucks, when you're Canucks and you're a local kid, you're the fucking star of the town. And I think it's been, he needs a change of scenery. I, and it'll be tough to see him go, but I just can't see him. He can't bump anybody. There's no. There's nobody else to bump. Yeah. Right? Even though he did, he did play okay. But I just think if he, how many chances do you have to give this kid? Right. Yeah. True enough. Did you hear what they're doing in the OHL? How they're yeah, no hitting. There? What the fuck is this that? Is what are you doing? What is what that? What are you doing? That is. This is professional. These like these guys are going to be pros. They they need that it's experience to get hit. Like you're going to go on a face off. You're still face to face with these guys. You're still going to get in close. You're still. So what's the hazard? You know what I mean? Like body checking. Well, how is it any different? You're test testing. It's always testing. Look at the NHL bit. Was flawless in the bubble. What zero COVID cases we had? NHL? How many weeks was that? That was like nine weeks of summer where all these teams playing, all these guys, families coming and going. They test. You have to test. Test, test, test. Every day, wherever you go. You can travel, but closed arenas and you have a test. But then again, some of these, you know, these leagues aren't gonna make it. If they don't have fans in the stands, a lot of these teams like the NLL, that's a league that's going to hurt uh, w- oh, yeah. WHL. If you can't have fans, fans pay a lot of this stuff, right? They buy the shirt, they buy the beer, they buy whatever, the parking. They right. usually get everything. That's their income. If they don't have that, they're fucked. Where well, TV, that's the same could be said, though, of, of the NHL, too. Like, those guys need fucking fans in the building. They can't continue to pull off no fans. Like, Yeah, and you know what? I think they could do it because look at the, the sponsorship. probably... Do, do it do it with the, like the movie theaters do. You got them six feet apart. Everyone has to wear masks. You got sanitizer. Just sanitize the shit out of the place. Make it testing where you got you can te- test when you come in. 
yeah. make it like that. Spread the people out, social distancing. I think they could do it. I, I, I heard that if they're going to do that for, and I, I would imagine it'd be the same thing for a hockey game, but I've heard that if they're going to do that for like, um, you know, tours and stuff, if they're going through and playing at Rogers arena or just the big arenas across North America, yeah. that instead of like the 15,000 to 18,000, it would normally hold, it would be something like 1200 to 1500 people. Yeah. You have to scale it back a little bit, but, that, but imagine what better. those, but imagine what the ticket prices would be at that point then too. Well, of course, the, 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 especially the bigger name acts are going to be able to do it. The, the, the tickets are going to be 500 bucks, right? Like they're going to have to recoup their money. Yeah. And with a smaller crowd, they have to, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's right. a total loss for our whole scene, our poor Vancouver scene. It's just heartbreaking to see all these places, good places close. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's, what are we going to come back to? Like there's so many people that we know, even in our industry that are just like, this is their only job and they have nothing now. And like, we can't. The last place that's going to be open to is the clubs. They're not, gonna, they're not opening for a long time. So that just kills the whole music industry together, which sucks. Yeah. I mean, right. uh, you know, I, I haven't done a show at the railway since uh, March, I think. And, uh, and I don't think I'm going to be doing one until the new year at the, uh, at the earliest. Well, I'm just glad we got to play one of your shows there in uh, November of last right. year which was awesome, right? I'm just thankful that we got to do that because it's just, you know what I mean? There's so many people, like so many even big name artists right now are reluctant to release material because it's almost like a waste. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, you're not going to Nobody it. buys records, right? Nobody buys records. It's like, everyone, it's all, don't make money off that. You need to make money off tour revenue, shirts, t-shirt, mar- oh, the whole works, right? Right. So like, look at Lamb of God. I'm not even really a fan of those guys, but they put out a pretty good album. That would have packed the place. Everywhere they went would be packed. So think of the money that they're losing just from releasing that album right. during a COVID, knowing that you can't, you're never going to recoup what you would have if it wasn't COVID. Right, you know, of course. ACDC, yeah. look, at, look at ACDC coming back. How long, like, we got these guys just hanging on by a thread because they're so old, ready to do a tour and COVID comes. You know what I mean? Well, they got that new album coming out too that was just recorded here in, in Van. Yeah. Like it's, it's just so much is going to be wasted because of this and it just sucks. But like there, ha- there has to be some blame for this. You know what I mean? Like this, this was let out somewhere and that, that's, you know, can't be nice. This is dealing with our health. Somebody did release this and we know where it came from. And it's not racist to say that you, the, this came from that area of the world. This is terrible that this happened. This was brought on us. This is nobody's fault. No Canadians are at fault for this. This is those guys that did this and released this. Whatever, if it was uh, warfare, chemical warfare, whatever the hell it was, it got out of this lab. There's pictures that a famous president was in that lab one time in 2015, which is, makes me really nervous too. The Toddcast Podcast. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at Toddcast Podcast. Honey, you drive me to the end of my wits. Honey, you like me. To fully commit, honey, if you'll have me, then I am ready to give. Now I know how it feels to hear another name on your lips.
podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world. Online at milanocoffee.ca. A look at this week's keyboard warriors, Todd's Trolls, on the Toddcast podcast. Do this for me. The next time you're online, steer clear of the garbage comments. It doesn't matter what it is. It's a beautiful sunset. Maybe it's a video of a new song you're listening to, a picture of a family. It doesn't matter. No one and nothing is safe. Not even the mighty ACDC. They are back with a new record as of this past Friday, the 13th of November. The album is called Power Up. Who cares? It's been the same song since 1985. Over and over and over. The term ACDC is Australian slang for out with the garbage. Trust me, this album will suck harder than Harvey Weinstein's casting couch. New to theaters as of this past weekend, Clifford the Big Red Dog. 
stars Jordan Kerner, Walt Becker, Jack Whitehall, Kenan Thompson, Horatio Sands, Rosie Perez, David Allen Greer, a virtual who's who of the late night circuit. You know the story. A young girl named Emily discovers a small red puppy who magically becomes a gigantic dog. Great. You've just ruined a part of my childhood. Thanks, Hollywood. Keenan Thompson will find a way to ruin this movie. I can't watch any of the SNL stuff he's in. It's terrible. Okay, this movie did not need to get made. Shame on everyone involved. Shame. Shame. And you are only a few days away from UFC 255, November 21st on pay-per-view. After being in Abu Dhabi for the last month, the UFC is back in Vegas for the rest of 2020. Figuerdo defends his flyweight championship against Perez. The co-main event is fire. Shevchenko defending her flyweight title against Maya. That is going to be a great fight. This is your main event? <laughs> wow. Come on, UFC. You can do better than this. The other fights on this card are a joke. Seriously, who are these people? Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast podcast is powered by The Garage, Games and Geekery, your place to play RPGs, board games, and Warhammer in Maple Ridge. Online at garagegames.ca.
I've always dug the sound of that band, We Hunt Buffalo, and a cool song for them called Comatose, and was over at Pineapple Sound a few weeks back, hanging out with Dave and Tyler, and We Hunt came up in conversation. I'd said, man, what a what a shame. Too bad that those guys packed it in. Dave was like, uh, no, dude. So he texts their drummer, and he's like, uh, no, dude. Thankfully, I'd mixed them up with War Baby, who have, unfortunately, posted on their Facebook wall that they've thrown in the towel. Um, we Hunt Buffalo continue the grind though, which is great news. Uh, you may even have some new music out of these guys, considering that, you know, the COVID downtime and all, and really, really good live band too. If you get a chance to see these guys, Hey, it could happen. Weirder things have happened. And you heard small town artillery and their song was called, I dare you. And another great live band. If you see them playing at a venue near you, maybe doing a, a live stream show, make the effort to be there. They have a great horn section. They had me at that killer live band and a great group of guys as well. Speaking of live music, find info for local shows, the streamed shows through the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. Slowly it's coming back to life. Although we need to wait for a hundred person plus at venues before we can bring back the Toddcast shows, certainly at the railway downtown Vancouver. If you know of any shows, of course, let me know about it. I'll post it at the the website uh, at the indie scene brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios, 40 plus years experience in the music industry. Great jam space. Find out more at mysticrhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of this episode 232 is adult film star Romy Rain, this week's entertainment guest. Brought to you by Tomes. Let them help relieve stress and anxiety and ensure that you get a good night's sleep. The first seven nights are on them. It's 100% free at tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M. H-O-M-S.com T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com What were you doing in 1988? Personally, it's grade 9. I'm living in Terrace up north, northern BC, for the first half of the year anyway. And then we moved down to Summerland in the Okanagan for the second half of the year. It was a big year in my life, a transitional year. There's new friends, new school. It's my first serious girlfriend. Remember, Canada had the Winter Olympics in 1988. Same year, a new drug called crack was devastating lives, especially in the States. Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson wins gold at the 88 Seoul Olympics, only to lose the medal after testing positive for anabolic steroids. How could you forget that? 1988, the UK amends their drinking laws, allowing pubs to stay open all day. Well played. And it was also the same year that adult film star Romy Rain was born. January 12th, 1988, Boston, Massachusetts. She moved to LA when she was 18 years old, went from being a hostess at Chili's at 15, scooping ice cream at 16, waiting tables in restaurants and then becoming an exotic dancer at the age of 19. She modeled at trade shows, then did some webcamming for Playboy Live, then nude modeling, and it wasn't until she was 24 years old that she jumped into creating triple X content. Check it out. The full talk is definitely worth hearing. It's at our iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud pages. A simple search of Toddcast Podcast will find it. Till then, here's 10 minutes with adult film star Romy Rain. The Toddcast Podcast. And then you also get, uh, you know, Instagram and, and Twitter and, and those platforms will outright just kill your account. Yeah, they can. I mean, they no say reason. that they don't, but I'm definitely but shadow banned. Yeah. And so yeah. explain shadow ban because a lot of people uh, won't know what that means. 
Well, it's a controversial phrase because a lot of social media says that that's not a real thing. I believe that like Instagram and Twitter have actually said that like that that doesn't happen, even though they've also said that they can and do suppress certain accounts and hashtags and a lot of things. Uh, so we've had to get like, you know, more more intelligent when it comes to the way we post stuff. I mean, granted, at the same time, I, I do acknowledge as an adult entertainer that, you know, Instagram is not an adult platform. So you also have to be aware of like what you're posting. Cause I mean, I've seen some people get mad at getting deleted. I'm like, well, I, I can kind of see your butthole. So like you can't right. Like you're that. walking the line, but come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a fine line. But oh, yeah, I mean, I've actually been unfairly deactivated a couple years ago. And it's like I had to send uh, like Instagram, like uh, my articles of incorporation to prove that it was me. And I wasn't actually breaking any rules at the time. I think it was because I literally linked to my fleshlight. So it links to like an outside like arguably adult site, but like it wasn't. So it was like this bit, it's a big mishmash of rules. Adult entertainers really always have to keep updated on like the TOS terms of service. Cause they're usually, even though we tend to be like, you were mentioned, like some of the most followed people were undeniably popular. Like how do you have millions of followers across social media platforms and people act like you don't exist and your time and energy and product doesn't matter. It does. We're popular for a reason. So we are arguably suppressed. I mean, I think, you know, other performers, even like Mia Khalifa, I heard, did an interview saying that even like she's been uh, very legitimately suppressed when it comes to uh, like just searching her. She's like, yeah, well, look right now. Try to just like find me. And you kind of, you can't, you have to either look via tags or you have to actually uh, Google search it like you have to like uh Romy rain instagram and then my official instagram will pop up but otherwise you're searching through a bunch of fakes and that's an issue too it's like how are these like a dozens of fake porn accounts some of which are posting actual graphic material mm. stealing from our fans like stealing i get so many messages stuff. about that yeah sorry go ahead. and um how old were you when you f when you saw your first uh like Playboy or Penthouse or a magazine? Ooh, I don't know, actually. You know, honestly, probably pretty young because, you know, uh, when I was younger, I feel like I'm, we're the last generation, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 32, I don't care. Um, but we're kind of uh, like one of the last 45, I got you by hey, 10, I got you by over 12, 12 15, 13. <laughs> Love that. But like, see, but you understand this totally. Like we were some of like the last generations to actually have childhoods without technology and social media. Like when I was like, I was totally. trying to use dial up at like 10 and that was like AOL chat rooms, which I shouldn't have been on anyway, but you know, <laughs> yeah. but like, it's a whole different world now. So back in the day, like it mostly was magazines. And like, I remember scrambled porn. Like I remember watching. Scrambled That's right. And every once in a while I would like flash on for like 0.17 seconds. You'd be like, Look, I think I just saw them screwing. Yeah, I think I saw a dick. I heard like a I loud moan. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. It's I remember funny. Like on a, it was like Super Channel or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember yeah. the black boxes too, because I'm from yeah. Massachusetts. So like everybody would just like just yeah. do the black boxing, which was kind of stealing, but whatever. It was way back then, so it doesn't <laughs> count. Or Skinamax. I remember back in the day when like Cinemax and Showtime, like they actually showed kind of adult movies, but it wasn't, you didn't see the penetration, but you saw pretty much everything but. Right. I loved that. I, even as when I was younger, it seemed like, you know, it was sexy and fun. It's like, you know, girls with big tits bouncing around just doing softcore. <laughs> right. And you kind of, you know, you got your minds left to fill in the blanks that you now, of course, see full on. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, kind of young because Playboys were in, in like Maxim and FHM. Like those were like still really big when I was a kid. Penthouse, obviously Hustler. Right. 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty young to be honest because yeah, I kind of grew up a little bit around uh, some dancers and burlesque and adult entertainment. So I actually did kind of grow up knowing some people in some of those magazines actually. Mm. And what did you want to do in high school? Mm, I didn't, I don't know. You know, I thought about a lot of random shit. I thought about, you know, marine biology. Um, I thought about joining the army. I swear, I've said this in another interview, so I swear I'm not mm. lying. Um, I was like, oh, I don't know what happened. I thought about just traveling. Um, but I'm the, one of the first people really in my entire family to move out of Massachusetts. And I did it at 18 by myself. I moved three months after 18 to Los Angeles from Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Just to kind of, I went to explore the world, see what was like happening out there. I don't know. And everybody in my family, like, shout out, like, hey, no, it's Father's Day. But everybody in my family had kids really young. I was like, I, you know, I actually don't have any kids. Like, no problem. Right. For me, that's good. Um, but like, so it was like, for me, it was a very different life than I've seen kind of growing up. Like I knew a lot of families, a lot of kids, you know, the city kind of cold. I'm like, I wanted, you know, big space, freedom, sunshine, and just fun. I want to see kind of what I could get into really. Yeah. And so what's the music in your house as a kid when you're growing up? Oh, rock. Uh, yeah, I grew up total, total rock kid. Uh, like, uh, I was born in 88. So it was like, there was always like Guns N' Roses. And like, you know, I grew up with Nine Inch Nails and Deftones. Ironically, like, those are some of the things that I used to dance to when I started stripping at 19. Like, those are my main kind of uh, go-tos were like the Nine Inch Nails and the Deftones. Like, kind of like, you know, sexy late 90s, early 2000s rock, to be honest. So, so your parents are hella cool or what? I mean, I guess. Like, you know, by they must be if they're fucking rocking that. Give me a break. Yeah, I mean, well, there was a, a video of me when I was, like, young, like, just kind of, you know, I know you're talking about being too young. But, like, yeah, I was just eating, like, Cheerios and, like, dancing along to literally, like, Guns N' Roses playing in the background. But, yeah, but, yeah I mean, that was cool, you know? Massachusetts, like, South Boston, like, people were, like, a little rough and tumble. They had a good time. But, yeah, in some ways, maybe I wasn't raised with so many, like, entertainment boundaries. Like, I remember... I loved movies. Even as a kid, I probably watched Basic Instinct like a little too young. I was like, oh, this is really cool. But maybe I got desensitized. You were just allowed to watch those styles of movies more so than today. Like everything's so fucking scrutinized. Yeah. And there's not really as many movies like that nowadays. I remember like, you know, fucking Sliver and Basic Instinct came out like the same year and they were basically like pseudo porn <laughs> it was great yeah pretty much i mean you know very sexy very erotic like i would talk about this too i remember i think i mentioned this on my own podcast like how rare is it to see an authentic sex scene in hollywood nowadays like you can get like most actresses to like take off their bra during a scene it's my biggest pet peeve when there's a sex scene in a hollywood movie and the girl keeps her bra on the entire time right because that would happen in real life Never. I mean, break. rarely. She's, if a girl keeps her the shirt on, in five seconds and like clothes are gone. Well, as a man, isn't that one of the first things you do? Like, hundred percent. You're not gonna want to see some tits if you're fucking her. Like, I don't get it. Probably, yeah. Probably, Probably. if you can. If she's like, no, 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 that's that's too close. <laughs> it's too personal. And what have you been watching during uh, this whole COVID uh, isolation? Everything, <laughs> kind yeah, of right. like. We all, you know, all the series that I can. Uh, I mean, I love like the Mindhunter kind of energy. Of course, I watch Tiger King. I love like the serial killer stuff just because it's like it's interesting to me. Did she did she kill her husband? Carol Baskin? Uh, probably. probably. But you know what? She, she sounds like a smart, smart lady. <laughs> well, didn't she didn't she like take over that yep. other? 
Yeah. Joe Exotic, she got Joe Exotic's like, like his whole like zoo damn. because he tried to steal her brand logo and you can't fuck with people's brands and Carol brand. like, Okay, I'll brand. Yeah, exactly. Like and that's power though. I mean, so I don't know. Carol Baskin seems like somebody that I don't want to mess with. That's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'll just have my producers edit that out so we don't get killed. I mean, hey, no, I'm, I'm a, it's all right. I'm not against any of you. Good, good for you. <laughs> oh, are, are you a fan of all the superhero movies and stuff that, that are made? Like X-Men, Avengers, Deadpool? All Pretty that? much all of them. Um, yeah. I wasn't a fan of like kind of the later gen X-Men. The earlier gen X-Men were better when it was like Halle Berry as Storm. Um, even though I love like James McAvoy and all that. Oh gosh, she's so hot. I mean, especially like, oh my God. And she was another one that like, wasn't afraid in like the early 2000s kind of vibe. She showed her boobs. I remember Swordfish. Totally. She was, it was just the, it was the power couple because she was with uh, David Justice and that was like fucking what? And then she did Monsters Ball and got naked again. Like with Billy Bob Thornton of all people. Yes, I even liked Catwoman. She looked good. I'm a very visual person. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely hot. She's got to be one of the hottest actresses for sure. Yeah, especially long term and just like mm-hmm, yeah, here for it. Yeah, I was doing this earlier. Actually, I was doing a live show and I ended up going on like a 10 minute rant on like Megan Fox. Like she didn't deserve to be like blacklisted the way that she was. It technically, if you watch Transformers, that's Michaela's movie. Michaela's the only one who knew anything about cars, and she had a backstory. Like they did her dirty. They even kept the script for the episode, the fucking the third one, where they replaced her with Rosie Huntington Whitley. But they kept like the script the same, so it made no sense for that character, and just revealed Sam to be a complete misogynist. But that's just me. Jennifer's body is underrated. Entertainment guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Tomes, where quality sleep matters. Find out more at Tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S dot com.
They are called Dead Quiet and the lead-off track for their new album, Truth and Ruin. That one is called Atoned Death, and it might be the album of the year. Certainly indie hard rock album of the year. Is there such a category? Does that even exist anywhere? The takeaway is that you need to know this band, again, Dead Quiet. We're looking forward to next week, Megadeth bassist Dave Ellison is a guest. I don't know, the good Lord, you know, met had me and dave meet for you know for whatever his purpose is you know and what was that meeting how did that meeting take place like how did you how did you meet him well first me and my buddies were just looking for some place to buy some beer and cigarettes that's why we knocked on his door because he lived right up above us and we saw him walking around in the apartment building he looks like a cool guy you know like and we were underage so we couldn't even buy beer in california because we were only 18 and and the drinking age was 21 21 yeah. And um, so we needed a, an accomplice, you know, but, you know, Dave was cool, you know, and it was kind of that, you know, we buy, he'll fly kind of thing. So we just walked down to the corner liquor store. I still go in that liquor store from time to time oh, yeah. uh, just to kind of relive this moment, you know what I mean? Because we went in, bought a case of Heineken. I remember Dave had it over his shoulder and he was walking back. I don't even, I don't even know if he had shoes on. Maybe he did. I guess probably had to have shoes on to get in the store. But, you know, he was just like the, the quintessential kind of California surfer, rock and roll guy. They didn't, they didn't make people like that where I grew up in Minnesota. <laughs> that was not. Right. I mean, Dave was just the epitome of this polar opposite of everything that I had grown up with. And yet, you know, there I was and he was talking about this band Metallica that he was in. But we had not heard of yet because uh, Kill em All hadn't come out yet. Um, and Dave is a, is a great storyteller and these, these stories he would tell and, and, you know, he's very captivating. And, and I soon realized walking on Hollywood Boulevard, there was a lot of Vince Neil lookalikes, a bunch of David Lee Roth lookalikes. Obviously Van Halen was very popular. Motley Crue was just starting to t- really take off. The US Festival had just happened um, a couple months earlier. And um, Randy Rhodes had sadly just passed. So Ozzy Osbourne was getting most of his musicians out of LA. So there was always like, we got to get to LA. That's where it's going on, you know? Um, and, you know, so that just to be there and, and then, you know, to meet Dave and, you know, I could tell Dave, I was like, okay, Dave is destined to be a star. I mean, this is, this is a guy who's, you know, that is his purpose on the planet. And, um, and he seemed very uh, focused on how to get there. He's like, he had the map, he knew the way to get up the mountain and, um, you know, and as, as he was the general, he needed a, you know, he needed a lieutenant and that became me, you know, and that's, that's been really been our relationship ever since from day one. Pretty cool to hear how he and singer Dave Mustaine met. Joining Megadeth bassist Dave Ellefson next week is NHRA funny car racer Del Warsham and broadcaster life coach Mandy Ross, a longtime friend of the podcast. Of course, I wanted to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well, Brent Smith, Zach Myers from Shinedown, on to promote their Smith & Myers project. Guys, really appreciate the time spent. I know you're really busy working on multiple albums at once. I look forward to hearing the new Shinedown album and, uh, of course, congrats on the S&M album. They're absolutely killer tracks. Mr. Tequila, my brother from another mother, I got you till the end, man. Appreciate you coming on, shooting the shit as always, keeping it real. And Triple X actress Romy Rain, you absolutely rule. I will say this, besides Todd Kearns, who is the bass player in Slash's band, he's also the singer in Age of Electric and Took and a few other projects. Besides Todd Kearns, you have shared your podcast appearance online more than any other guest. So thank you very much. That's super cool. You're good shit. Thank you so much for following and sharing my stuff like you do and just being rad in general. Let's do it again next year. 
And I think that's going to do it for this one. Episode 232. Wow, we're up there. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much for listening to the end. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends. You can subscribe again on iTunes and Spotify, SoundCloud. We're also on the Dean Blundell Network out of Toronto at deanblundell.com. We're also part of the Boot Crew Media Network out of New Orleans at bootcrewmedia.com. That's spelled K-R-E-W-E. Comment and rate the podcast. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. You can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can, you know, for as little as 10 bucks a day. There's contact info at the homepage. In fact, we're actually looking right now for a sporting guest sponsor. This has not happened for years. Thanks, COVID. Your business could be sponsoring all sporting guest appearances on this podcast. Recently, we've had on former Canucks defenseman Brent Sopel, UFC fighters, WWE stars, Olympians, and a lot more. If that makes sense, let's talk. Have a beer, have a coffee, and see what's up. Till next week, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark ToddHancock.ca.